Over the last seven years, I have tried every kind of marketing you can possibly imagine for my business. And I have determined over that time that direct mail has been by far the most profitable marketing channel I have ever tried. And I've spent over a million dollars just testing it out figuring out what works and figuring out what doesn't. And through that time, I've been able to generate over 100 deals per year in my business using direct mail. And now I've created a very small but very powerful mini course on how I utilize direct mail in my business. It explains everything I do from A to Z, and I've made this available to you absolutely free. That's right, no charge, no obligations, just go to my website, mikesimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail. mikesimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail to find out how you can implement my system in your business and start generating more leads through direct mail. Go check it out. It's absolutely free. I can't wait for you to try it. I chased music for a very, very long time. And um, I just, after probably about 10 years of that, I just realized that it wasn't even getting me where I wanted to go. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right, thank you for joining me on this episode of Just Start Real Estate. I appreciate you being here. Uh, I appreciate the time that you're spending. And if you are spending this time and enjoying it and you're coming back over and over again because you love the content, you love me, you love the guests, whatever it is that's making you come back, if you could go up and just subscribe, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, that would be incredibly helpful to me and I would really, really appreciate it. And it takes two seconds. I've asked you to give me a rating and review for years. And I think everyone who's going to do it has done it at this point. Uh, but subscribing takes so much less time and effort and thought and, and just brain power. You can just go up there just click follow or, or subscribe, whatever it is on whatever platform, and uh, I would be very appreciative. All right. On today's show, we have a fun guest. He has a very, very, very uh, inspiring background, uh, was uh, an up-and-coming or aspiring rapper. That's what he wanted to do. That's how he thought he was going to make his mark in this world. Uh, didn't work out the way he wanted. He pivoted and channeled that energy, that desire, that passion to be successful into other things, including real estate. And we learn all about that story, how he did it, how he got started, by the way, buying a four um, a four unit property with zero money down, zero, 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 and actually got a check at closing and was able to kind of kickstart his real estate career that way. So very, very cool, very interesting. He talks about how he did that in this episode. So I give you without any further delay, Andre Haynes. All right, Andre, thanks for being on the show, man. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Oh, man, thank you for having me on the show, man. Um, this is a, a great opportunity for me to tell people about, you know, how I got started and uh, share some really, really good information uh, that I think could help a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree with that. You have a great story that I want to get into. Really interesting, fascinating, and inspiring. Um, so why don't we start there? Let's give the folks some idea of where you come from, how you got started, uh, let them know whether or not at a very young age you were uh, had all the advantages and you knew everything about finance and you just dove in or if you had to learn. So give us some sense Man. of where you come from. Um, well, I come from the south side of Chicago, Ida B. Wells Projects. Um, 
a very impoverished area at the time it was there. It's a gentrifying neighborhood now. Uh, the buildings are torn down and uh, they're rebuilding it. But at the time when I was a kid, uh, way, way back in the day, many moons ago, um, you know, there was not a lot of financial literacy in the neighborhood. I don't come from money. I don't come from financial literacy. Um, probably 95 percent of my family was on government assistance. And um, even in the very beginning, at the time when I was six years old, I was adopted um, due to my mom and dad being affected by the drug epidemic in the late 80s and early 90s that struck in a, a lot of minority communities. Um, so, no, I don't come from a, a very financially literate background, but I also do not use that as an excuse to, you know what I mean, um, just sit on my ass and not be successful either. Yeah, no, I get that. And I that's, that's super inspiring. So... I think the problem that some people have is they do blame their background. And for most people, tell me your background and I'll find someone who had it way worse, who managed to succeed, right? So none of us have the worst that we could have. And, And I'm not saying it isn't bad, but it can be very, very bad. But if you, if you just, if you just decide you're a victim the rest of your life, you'll have what you get, right? And if you decide you're not going to let that dictate, and I, I appreciate that, it's a strong message. So what did you do right out of, let's just say, high school as a kid? Like, what what, what were your goals and what did you do first? Um, right out of high school, um, I was pursuing a music career. Um, so I wasn't big on, like, going to college or anything like that. I wanted to be a rapper really, really bad um, because in my community, Typically, um, athletics or entertainment is like you're out. Like that's really all we know. That's really all we're taught. Again, like I said, there's not a whole lot of financial literacy in these minority communities. So, um, you know, I felt like at the time that was the only thing that I had was music, because as I stated in previous podcasts, and I always mention, you find out that you're not going to be a professional athlete relatively young. Um, You know what I mean? You know, some people have the passion and drive and, you know, I mean, they can push through. But most times, like when you don't make the varsity basketball team or, you know what I mean, just certain things that kind of like limit you from like college coaches coming to see you and different things like that. Yeah. That kind of deters that, you know what I mean, that athletic route that you try to go. And um, I also had friends who were like really, really extremely athletic, like real like NBA players. Like I went to the high school with um, Shannon Brown. We used to play for the Los Angeles Lakers. D Brown was the big star at the University of Illinois. Wow. Um, Michael Finley came out of my high school. Doc Rivers came came out of my high school, Stephen Hunter, um, Javon Carter, who now plays for the Phoenix Suns, Sterling Brown, who plays for the Dallas uh, Mavericks currently. So it's like wow. it's like a basketball factory at my school. And yeah. you knew early if you weren't <laughs> going to be one of those guys. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, probably around my sophomore year, I kind of realized that. And um, I just started pursuing a music dream, man. And um, I chased music for a very, very long time. And um, I just, after probably about 10 years of that, I just realized that it wasn't even getting me where I wanted to go. You know what I mean? I was living like a really, really like um, a fake lifestyle. Like my life was a facade. I would be making music videos and looking like, you know what I mean? I'm getting money and I got girls, but the entire time um, I'm behind on my rent eviction notices, you know what I mean? Not necessarily taking care of my kids the right way or not being in their life the right way. Um, Just a lot of like, you know what I mean? Just, really weak shit, you know yeah. what I mean, as a man, you know, and um, I had to, uh, like, really identify that and uh, pull myself out of the hole, because, like, I was just living, like, a lie, essentially. Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, that's a uh, credit, though, for for having that realization and not just being in denial, because it takes a lot of guts to say, this is all fake, 
I, I'm not being a man. I'm not taking care of my business. That, that that takes a lot of guts and a lot of you know a lot of courage to do that. So once you came to that realization, ten years in, what'd you do? You you've been pursuing music. What what did you do from that point? Um. So it got to a point where I just really realized, like you know what, I'm not making a dime from this. I'm investing a ton of time and a ton of whatever the little money that I was making into it. And I had to step away from it. Um, I didn't quit and give up on my goal of being successful, but I had to pivot and try to find a different route. You know what I mean? Like, and I had to start over with going back to get a nine to five um, because I needed, you know, income. I needed money to pay my bills. Like I said, to take care of my children, different things like that. And um, I went and got a job and, Typically, this kind of job is not the kind of job that you want because it was like a telemarketing job where I'm doing a cold calling and I'm like trying to put people in like the worst colleges in America. Some of those colleges probably don't even exist anymore. You know what I mean? They're not accredited schools and stuff like that. And I was enrolling people in those schools like crazy. And um, I actually did good at the job. Believe it or not, um, I would do a lot of enrollments. Um, I would get a lot of bonuses. And um, after a while, I started to realize, like, okay, this may not be so bad. I'm able to, you know what I mean, pay my bills, save a little bit of money. So I started to Google um, how regular, everyday people were out here getting rich. Because, like I said, I didn't give up my dream of being wealthy. All I knew was sports and entertainment, though. So once I put in that Google search, man, um, it was like I went down this rabbit hole and I found the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which essentially changed my entire life and the way that I think. Um, and after that, it was Money Master the Game by Tony Robbins. And um, from there, like I said, just a ton of other books, a ton of research, just like once your mind gets opened up to this world of financial literacy, real estate and all of that stuff, it's almost like an addictive feeling because yeah. it's like you see the light at the end of the tunnel when there wasn't one before. And you're like, wait, so I don't have to be on TV. I don't have to shoot a basketball or I don't have to catch a football or be able to throw a baseball a hundred miles an hour. I can literally take the money that I'm working for, use it to leverage into stocks and real estate and other investments, which is what the average person out here is doing to get wealthy. Because Honestly, the average person is not an athlete or on TV. Most people are out here working their jobs, you know what I mean, investing their money. And that's how most people are getting wealthy. You know what I mean? And um, once I came across all of that information, it just made my life so much easier because I was able to wake up every day with a purpose. You know what I mean? A lot of times we wake up and we're just like zombies and robots. We don't even know why we're living. We just get up, we go to work, we come home. You know what I mean? We do the same thing on repeat. And when I found this information, it gave me a purpose. And my purpose was to change my life and to help other people change their lives with this same information. And uh, from there, man, like I said, I started like just really sacrificing. I stopped buying a bunch of clothes and shoes. Um, I started working as much overtime as they would allow because I would, like I say, hit bonuses and sales bonuses. And they would allow us to work as much overtime as you like when you were one of those type of producers. And um, yeah, man, I reached out to a valued friend of mine and I would call her a mentee almost, a big sister of mine. I'm like, hey, you know what? It's been a couple of years. I've saved some money. I've been reading all these books. I'm ready to buy a house. And, um, you know, that's when she kind of like hit me over the head with the sledgehammer. Like, uh, yeah, that <laughs> sounds OK, but you should really consider getting you a multi-unit. And just a light bulb went off in my head because I had previously read the same thing in Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And um, it was just life changing information for me. Like, you know what I mean? Instantaneously, because after that, she told me about this program which also, like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, changed my life. 
Nice. So did you buy that multifamily? Did you buy a multifamily, like she said? So, yeah, I went through a program called NEC, Neighborhood Assistance Corporations of America, which she told me about because I didn't know how to buy a multi-unit. You know, she told me to buy a multi-unit. I'm like, okay, that's fine, but how? Mm-hmm. So she's like, you know, look into this program, Neighborhood Assistance Corporations of America, NACA, and they offer you um, up to a four unit property. It can be a uh, co-op uh, a storefront with apartments in it, or uh, it could be a single family home. But you want to go get you a four unit because you want to max out and you want to generate cash flow. You know what I mean? And yeah. eliminate essentially what is going to be your biggest bill, which is your mortgage. And you'll live for free. Yep. And um, she was telling me all the benefits of the program, no money down, um, no closing costs, no PMI. They pay for your agent. They pay for your attorney, just like all of these different things. They offer you the lowest interest rate in the country, regardless of your credit score, as long as your DTI matches up and is where it's supposed to be. And I'm just like, you're bullshitting. (laughs) And she's like, "Uh, no, I'm not. Like, so I went to actually look into the program myself, signed up for the meeting. I went to the entry uh, entry meeting where, you know what I mean, they talk to you and pretty much tell you about the program. Mm-hmm. And at that meeting, they pretty much confirmed everything that she told me to be true. And I was just like, wow. So I signed up right then and there. Um, I got a meeting with my mortgage counselor maybe two months later. And um, I started the process, you know, got approved. And I went and got me a four-unit property in a beautiful Chicago suburb, uh, amazing amenities, buses, trains, shopping, churches, store. I mean, like everything you can possibly ask for. Nice yeah. parks, schools in the area. Um, I got it for $360,000. But of that $360,000, I spent zero, like not a single cent. Did it need work? Um, no, it was already occupied. Three units were filled and the apartment that I was going to move into was fully renovated and ready to go. Wow. Um, so it was a, yeah, just a, a cash flow machine already. It was a turnkey investment that I didn't have to put anything down on. And the coolest part of this story is, so I closed on my property at the end of the month, right? In addition to the money, of course, because you have to save up money just like you would for any other program, show your down payment money or whatever, because you just don't have to use it. Yeah. Um, so I closed at the end of the month, like May 30th or 31st or something like that. So not only did I not put any money down, so I was able to keep all the money that I saved. I walked away from the closing table with a $5,000 check due to a seller's concession. In addition to that, it was the end of the month. So when I moved into the property, I immediately started getting rent checks. Wow. And that first month, you know, you don't have to pay a mortgage. Yeah. Like you take your mortgage doesn't kick in until yep. the second month. So all of that yep. money came to me. On top of me getting paid for my job that Friday as well. So I got to keep wow. $15,000 that I saved. I got $5,000 at the closing table. I got rent checks that day and also got my job check. Wow. <laughs> that same day on top of a new place to live for absolutely free. Dude, that's that's amazing. That That's so cool. Yeah. How So how did you find out how you financed it? That makes sense to me now. How'd you find this property? The same way that you would anywhere else, um, working with an agent, going on an MLS. And it was a little difficult initially. Um, this was back in 2015 with the market, but you know, it was a little bit easier than it is now. Yeah. But it was still a little bit difficult because multi-units just always go faster than single family homes. They're just like a hot commodity. Who doesn't okay. want cash flow? Who doesn't want to live for right. free? You know? Right. Um, so it took me a little time to find it, but it was crazy how it happened because 
the moment that I was ready to kind of like, you know what, I need to give this a break for a while. I want to just walk away for a couple of weeks, get my mind right, because I was frustrated because I had went and saw 10, 20 different properties and none of them just worked out. You know, I was getting beat out with cash offers or yeah. like the places wouldn't praise out. Just like, you know, constantly having these issues. You know, the home buying process yep. is going to be hell sometimes. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, for sure. Especially when you're a first time buyer, and you don't know a lot. Yeah. Um, yep. And, and you get emotional a lot of times with a lot of this stuff when you shouldn't, um, because there are a ton of properties out here and you're going to find one eventually. You, yeah. know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, yeah, man, I I would be searching and looking and never could find anything. Then one day I called my agent. I'm like, you know what? I just want to take a break. Give me like two weeks. I'll get back in touch with you. you know I mean, we get the ball rolling again, but I just want to give myself a mental break. And that evening after I spoke with him, I was on the MLS late at night, like 12, one o'clock in the morning. And this property had popped up. The building that I bought, like I said, fully occupied. One of the rented, like one of the uh, units was available for me to move in, ready to go. Like I said, fully just like renovated, yeah. stainless steel, like appliances, all of that stuff. So I'm just like, am I seeing this the right way? Am I like hallucinating? Because this just <laughs> wasn't here earlier. Yeah. This listing wasn't here earlier. So somebody listed that thing in the middle of the night. Wow. So I called my agent. I knew it was inappropriate. Like I called him at 12 o'clock, <laughs> one o'clock in the morning. And I called him until he picked up the phone and he picked up the phone really frustrated. Like, dude, like, why are you calling me? You know, I don't answer the phone this later. Like this yeah. has to be something very important. And I'm like, Hey, check your email. He checked his email. He was like, Oh shit, you're right. He's like, <laughs> let me write this offer up right now. I'm going to send it over for you to sign it. And I'm going to send it over to them right now so they can have it on their desk as soon as they open the doors first thing in the morning. I don't want them to see any other offer but ours. Yeah. So they did that. Uh, it worked out. They accepted the offer. But that same day, I ended up having to go to a uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad seminar. It was a Robert Kiyosaki seminar. And I was excited. You know what I mean? It was mm -hmm. my first uh, property. I got a contract on it. I'm going to this seminar. I'm thinking I'm about to be this big real estate mogul. Like, you know what I mean? My yeah. brain's just like going all <laughs> over the place. And um. While I'm there, I missed a couple of phone calls from my agent and um, I took a break and I went to call him back. I'm like, hey, Wayne, what's going on? He was like, so I got some bad news. I'm like, bad news? What do you mean you got bad news? We just got an offer accepted on a property that was like perfect for us. He was like, yeah, but they didn't sign the contract and send it over. And only the wife was home to sign the contract. And as the husband was on our way home from work to sign the contract, another offer came in all cash. Mm. So my offer was verbally accepted, but it wasn't accepted on paper. It wasn't accepted on the contract. Gotcha. So I had to come all the way from up here, all the way down. That brought me down emotionally from the sky to the ground. Yeah. Um, and he was like, they didn't count us out. They just said, you know, come back tomorrow with your highest and best offer and they'll make a decision between you and the cash buyer. And um, I offered an extra 20 grand, I believe. And I ended up winning uh, the bid on that particular property. Nice. And um, yeah, man, even with that extra 20,000, I still didn't have to come out of pocket. So you said this was a, well, the purchase was 340. Do I remember? Am I remembering that right? 360. Or 360. Yeah. 360. You bought it in 2015. Yeah. Do you still own that? Hell yeah. Dude, that's got to be worth serious money now. <laughs> it's worth six hundred grand right now. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that's it's so worth six hundred, dude. That's, yeah. <laughs> and then too, like mind you, I paid the mortgage down too, so that's just not equity on the yeah. three hundred and sixty. Right. I probably paid that mortgage down a hundred, hundred and fifty grand, so yeah. I'm probably sitting on three, four hundred thousand equity, and I haven't wow. tapped into it yet at all. That's so good. You still live there, or do you live somewhere else now? Uh, no, I live in another property now, but okay. I'm about to move back though. Okay. 
Okay. Nice. I'm about to move back into the building. I'm currently working on a renovation. I'm renovating the apartment that I'm going to move into now, updating it. Nice. That's awesome. Okay. You also wrote a book. I want to talk about this. Renaissance's five-step guide to getting your shit together. Talk to me about this. What is this? And and by the way, I wrote a book. I wrote a book and I know how much work goes into that. So tell me, first of all, what, why did you do put yourself through this? And then what is in the book? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I just wanted to essentially give people my personal blueprint that I use to get my life in order and get my shit together. Um, and it's a very quick read. I think it's maybe 55 pages and not like a long drawn out book or anything. I made it very simple and direct for people. Um, and I got that idea from Richard Dad, Poor Dad, because it was a very easy read and very direct, just straight to the point. And um, that's kind of like what I wanted this to be like. And um, it's just like the five steps that I use, like I said, to get my life in order. Like, you know what I mean? Step one is self-evaluation, understanding that I'm my own problem. I'm in my own way. Step two is understanding the power of my mind and my words, learning that like the way that I think and my speak has like it has so much more power than I think it does. And, and, and what I give my words and thoughts credit for. Um, step number three is like, are you being frugal or are you being fraud? Like, are you like really like saving your money and being financially savvy and doing the right things? Or are you out here just acting like you are, you know what I mean? Yeah. Looking like you got money when you really don't really have savings or you don't really have an emergency fund or anything like that. And step four is building a solid foundation and maintaining stability. You know what I mean? After you kind of like get your finances in order and your credit in order and stuff like that, how are you going to maintain it? How are you going to build this up and grow this? And um, step number five is like, after you take those four steps, you know, actually going out and taking your leap of faith. Like, are you going to go out and buy property? Are you going to go out and start you a business? What risk are you going to take to escape the rat race of the nine to five or whatever it is that you're saying is making you miserable or unhappy? Like now it's time to take that leap of faith to escape that lifestyle. And um, I give some, some pretty, pretty cool insight. And uh, I have some pretty cool interviews in the book as well from some of my professional friends, from uh, music producers who work with Rihanna and Justin Bieber, um, to one of my buddies who sells uh, sneakers. He sells sneakers to NBA players and celebrities. Uh, even one of my um, mentees, uh, her name is Rita Lee. She's worked with some of the biggest in the music industry, from DJ Khaled to Nas, 50 Cent, you name them. Um, and I have those interviews in the book as well. And they're kind of like telling their stories. And how those particular steps like help them and how they change their life. So it's not only just about me and me giving advice. It's some pretty cool people in the book uh, giving advice as well. That's awesome. Has are you glad you did it now? I mean, is it has it been a good? Uh, yeah, initially it was hell. Like you said, it's, yeah. it's 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 just a headache, and it's it's the same thing with any process, like just like buying real estate, it's never easy. Like you have to go through the process. You have to take your bumps and your bruises in order to get to that end result that you're trying to get through. Like, it's just never going to be a straight line, no matter how much you draw it out to be a straight line. It just won't be that. Like, it doesn't work like that. Entrepreneurship doesn't work like that. You know what I mean? Real estate doesn't work like that. It's never just straightforward. And um, I think the internet gives people a false sense of that sometimes because they see a lot of the like blitz and the glamour and you know what I mean? People just jumping out of Lambos and private jets and all yeah. of those things. But man, this shit is a lot of hard work, a lot of sweat, you know what I mean? A lot of grit, a lot of totally. sacrifice. And sometimes, you know what I mean? And yeah. for a few years, man, when I was about to buy that first property, I had to like really like sacrifice. Like I told you, and like eat noodles for a couple of years and just like really like, you know, like limit my lifestyle. Yeah. I know you talk about practicing delayed gratification uh, and how that can pay off. And I assume that's kind of what you're talking about, just sort of, whole, you know, just doing without 
so that you could have more later down the road? Absolutely. Sacrifice, you know what I mean, for a year so that you can re- live the rest of your life like a king or a queen. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's a year compared to the rest of your life? You know? Yep. Totally. Totally, man. And I think that's so important for people to understand because you're right. In this day and age, you see stuff on Instagram and TikTok and it looks like everyone's living the big life. I heard about a company recently. It's it's fascinating. It's 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 an interesting concept, but it's it's so sad. There's somebody, I think it's in California. They have this this like a studio set of a, of the inside of a private jet. There's no jet around it. It's just it's just props, right? But it looks like the inside yeah, of a jet. Props. You can rent this thing for like a day, and they said it's booked every day of the month. All year long, people are renting this thing to take pictures like they're in a private jet. It's like a magazine, like they're in a private jet. It's like, seriously, man. Now, it's sad. It's sad. But as an entrepreneur, I look at that and go, that seems like an easy business. You build this thing Uh, and people just rent it every single day. It's like, it's, but you're like, you're you're creating, you're creating lifestyle marketing for people without them having to do any of the real hard work. It's insane. I don't have to go get on a private jet to get a picture in a private jet. You just made my life so much easier. Yeah. You just come there with a bunch of change of clothes and a bunch of people and just make it look like you were on there every day of the month. (laughs) Make it look like you're flying around all week, right? Yeah. It's crazy, man. What people will do to look, it's crazy what people do, will do to look uh, uh, successful. But sometimes it's sad what they're not willing to do to be successful, right? To actually be successful, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. It's I mean, insane. yeah, there should be uh, people should be taking selfies of themselves eating ramen noodles and living in a you know in a, a five hundred square foot apartment for a year, and yep. then they'll have yep. something, right? Actually, showing the process, and um, I I do that with all of my content, man. Um, I have a series called The Landlord Life, where I essentially like only show bad news, like as a landlord. <laughs> I'm not getting a lot of good news. Like when tenants yeah. are calling me, they're not calling me to say, "Hey, how's your day going?" Like, no, you know no. You know never. I mean? They never nobody call you to say, "My, my rent's going to be early this month." Like they don't give you that. Yeah, call, nobody's right? calling to give me any. Like I don't get news for <laughs> like just any good news. Simply when my phone's ringing as a landlord, is hey, yeah, my toilet's uh, you know, what I mean, yeah. acting up. I got a roof leak over here. I have my refrigerator door just <laughs> fell off the hinges. Like it's something. Like it's something that's going to cost me money. That's like so it's funny. never just any of the good stuff. Like, that's so funny, man. It's so true. <laughs> so if people want to find your book, uh, how do they do that? How can they? How and by the way, how can they find you, your book, and you? Like, how can they get into your world? Um, just I'm at Renaissance R E N A I S S A N C E one two five across all platforms, social media, YouTube. Um, my website is therenaissanceu.com. Mm. Um, you can get my book there, or you can follow me on Instagram and click the link in my bio where you'll find everything. You'll find my merch, you'll find my book, you'll find all of the courses that I offer. Um, from the navigating NACA course where I teach people how to go through the NACA program and attain a four-unit property, um, to introduction to real estate, which is a uh, more in-depth real estate course. It's about um, 30 to 40 video modules, about four hours worth of content where I just like do a really, really deep dive on just like different real estate types and classes, different ways to invest, understanding different real estate markets, um, understanding how to use leverage in real estate, uh, case studies on buying out of state, just like so many different things um, that I teach in uh, in that particular course. Like I said, it's over four hours and over 30 different video modules. And that's a very, very in-depth course. And I also teach a course on um, how to make money from what's uh, called peer space. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of peer space, Mm-mm. but peer space is um, almost Airbnb-like 
but it's not Airbnb because people don't spend the night at your place. So for example, my house right now, I put it on Pure Space. I rent it out to people who want to shoot movies, music videos, do photo shoots or whatever the case may be. And this is the house that I live in. So not only do I make money from the other units, I make money from the house that I live in as well by renting it out wow. to entertainers, uh, people who want to throw dinner parties, stuff like that. And um, it's a really, really cool app because it doesn't require you to leave your house. I can be here in the house while they're doing whatever it is they're doing. Yeah. I'm still handling my business on my computer, whatever the case. And they're paying me to utilize my personal wow. space. Um, and I teach a course on that as well. And um, those are all the three ways that I've been making money in real estate. And I've just started getting into flipping. Um, I did a flip recently in Northwest Arkansas with my buddy, Henry Washington. Um, in addition to that, I'm currently under contract here in the Chicagoland area. Um, for my first personal flip that I'm going to do on my own. So yeah, man, just working nice. on a lot. And you can find all of that content and everything that I'm doing on Instagram or YouTube. Yeah, I'm on your link tree right now. There's a lot here. So that's good. If you want to find out <laughs> anything, anything at all, go to the link tree. You, you got all of it all my right podcast, here. All of my podcast interviews yeah. are there. This interview will be there at some point. Um, nice. yeah, all, like I said, all of my courses, all of my merch, books. Anything that involves Andre Haynes, Renaissance, you can find it there. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, listen, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on and talking about what you did, what you've been through, how you've been able to get to where you are now. And uh, thanks for helping people and giving back. It's important to talk about not only just do it for yourself, but how did you do it, right? I mean, it's just amazing. So thank you for your time, and I appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for having me on, man. You have a good one. All right, you too. Okay, super inspirational. Obviously, uh, Andre came from super humble beginnings and spent 10 years pursuing a dream that just didn't work the way he thought it would, right? The the dream of having that financial success he thought was going to come in a different package. And he had to pivot. And that's huge. And I love, love, love the message of not using your upbringing, your past, uh, maybe some of the challenges that you face early in life as an excuse to not overcome it. And he is a model of overcoming adversity at a young age. And I just love that. I love that story. Uh, he was able to do it. I, like I said, everyone has a bad you know, story they can tell. Most people, some people have it worse than others. But regardless, you got to go out there and go for it and get it done. Andre did that. I hope you do it too. We'll see you next time.